0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Falcoholics. What is up? Welcome to the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic. Kevin here to bring you this week's Falcons versus Colts NFL Week 16 game preview. I'm coming to you from my childhood family home here in. Beautiful, sunny Florida. It's a far cry from New York at this time of year. I believe it was 65 today. So I've been enjoying the weather, certainly Uh, the change in scenery. Nice to see family. I hope you guys are enjoying your holidays as well, no matter where you are. But There's no time off for football uh, as, of course, we have multiple games on Christmas Day uh, and there's going to be stuff going on all through the weekend. The Falcons themselves play on Christmas Eve, so we've got a busy schedule ahead of us. So let's get into what probably would have been a really important game if the Falcons hadn't blown two straight NFC South must-win sort of games uh over the last two weeks. With the Saints losing this week, uh, it would have really left the door open for the Falcons to to take to have control of this division if they had beaten the Bucks and beaten the Panthers. But instead, Falcons are all but dead in the division at this point. So really we're playing for Pride. Uh, Arthur Smith's definitely coaching for his job at this point. We'll talk about that a little bit. But Ultimately, uh, it's a tall order. The Falcons are somehow two-and-a-half-point favorites. After Taylor Heineke was named the starter, the line shifted dramatically towards Atlanta, which I think is pretty ridiculous, but um, I think the Colts are clearly the better team at this stage. We'll, of course, see the Falcons should get some linemen back healthy this week, which would be nice. We'll get to the injury report, among other things, in today's episode as well. So, uh, settle in, guys. We got an interesting game to talk about. We'll still try to have some fun, even though... The Falcons aren't exactly helping us in that regard, uh, breaking down this matchup. But before we get to it, want to bring you a quick word from today's sponsors. First of all, guys, we have betonline.ag. Folks, the only people that don't get off this time of year are pro athletes and us at BetOnline. With the NFL bowl season and the NBA in full swing over the holidays, BetOnline isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the up-to-the-second odds news and information that you need. BetOnline's got all that and more. All the sports wagering info available at your t- fingertips with both desktop and mobile access 24-7. Guys, you can get it there. So why? what are you waiting for? Head to that website, betonline.ag today to get in on the action. Remember, my... Uh, warning not to bet on the Falcons. Of course, I'm probably going to end up breaking that here just a second when we get to our prize picks. But if you do decide to get involved guys, make sure when you sign up at bet online to use our promo code, believe it's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. And then, like I said, we're going to get into this week's prize picks. So, folks, I know last week I said I was done bet on the Falcons, but I just can't quit this team. I know you guys can't either because there's some interesting ones this week. Um, with Taylor Heineke entering the lineup as the starter, you might be tempted to go crazy with the passing game overs and stuff like that. I would not recommend that. However, one that I would consider here is Kaderil Hodge. His number is very low at 10.5 receiving yards because with Desmond Ritter, he was basically like a 1-2 to catch-a-game type of guy. However... In case you forgot, Kedero Hodge was like basically the wide receiver too when Taylor Heineke was playing. Heineke loves Kedero Hodge. I think he was targeted like six and seven times in the two games Heineke started, um, not counting the Cardinals game, but the other two. Uh, and he, I mean, he crushed it. He was probably the second most targeted player on the team those weeks. And all Hodge has to do is get more than ten and a half receiving yards. So we're gonna we're gonna go with the trends there. Go with what I remember. With Taylor Heineke's preference for Hodge, if he just gets a couple catches, then we're going to be golden there. So that we're hoping for the best there. We're going back to the old standby. Of course, young Waku more than one and a half field goals made. Again, this is a defense that is opportunistic. They 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 typically do a good job at limiting overall yards, the scoring not so much. But we know this Falcons team, we know how desperate they are for a win. I think they will be taking the field goals. Uh or hopefully have learned their lesson to take the field goals if they can. Um, So we're going with Young-Wei Koo here. And then, of course, uh, the Colts player we're going to go with, uh, I like Alec Pierce. You know, maybe call me a a Cincy homer. Maybe I'm I'm loyal to my draft takes, but Alec Pierce is a guy I really like. This 27.5 receiving yards number is not very high. Uh, He's their big play threat. He's kind of their wide receiver he and Josh Downs are kind of their wide receiver 2-3. And Michael Pittman is probably where a lot of people are going to go in this one. But Pittman is going to be covered by A.J. Terrell. We know Terrell does a good job at limiting pretty much everyone. Um, so I think the, the Colts will probably still try, of course, Michael Pittman. But I think they're going to go after whoever, you know, whether it's Jeff Akuda or Clark Phillips, whoever's matched up on Alec Pierce outside, Um and I think that, that Pierce will be able to get some, obviously 27 and a half, not a huge ask. So hoping we can, that, that Pierce can bring us home. Uh, my dra- He can pay off my draft takes and my, my praise of him in the pre-Jeff process by helping me out with this prize picks. But guys, uh, those are my three. And if you do three picks like this, you do get the five times multiplier on whatever your wager is. But just in case you're joining us for the first time, don't know what's going on with prize picks. Prize Picks is a skill-based daily fantasy game where you pick between 2 to 6 players, decide if they will go more or less than their Prize Picks projection. The more players you pick, the more you can win, all the way up to 25 times your money on any entry. And that's even more now cuz if you've if you've looked at the site lately, they have these like green and red goblin things. I think the the green is an easier prop, so it's or whatever it is that the, you know, over the the more or less it's it's easier so you get a less of a multiplier but you have a higher chance to win that one they also have the red ones which are considered harder to win but they multiply your winnings even more so you can mix and match those you know if you have one that you real feel really good about or a player you're like oh this over you know this more or less number seems really low uh i think that this guy's going to get way more than that you a lot of times you can see there'll be a red one there you can go for um And at Picks, guys, you aren't competing against other players. It's just you versus the projections. There's also a generous promotion schedule. I know right now, up until Christmas Day, if you're into NBA, you can do the— I think they have a Kevin Durant, like, free square, basically, where as long as Durant scores more than a half point, uh, then you win that square. Um, So definitely check that out. And like I said, obviously, you can do NBA. It's not just NFL. Uh, They'll have MLB going, NHL, PGA, college football, bowl season, all that stuff. Uh, MMA, boxing, I mean, pretty much everything is on there, guys. And the best part is prize picks entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. They offer fast withdrawals. It's that easy. And, guys, all first-time users that deposit and use our promo code DBB, you guys will get 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That means if you throw in 100 PrizePix, we'll throw you 100 as well. If you throw in 50, prize picks will give you 50. Just make sure to use our promo code DBB so they know who sent you. Thanks again to PrizePix for sponsoring today's episode. All right, guys. Thank you for your patience. Let's get into this matchup, starting with the injury reports today. Uh, It's a long one for the Falcons, but not as long as it's been in weeks past. Uh, We do have three players with questionable tags, one player with doubtful tags, which was a new addition on Friday. Um, So basically the guys that we'll be watching, Bud Dupree, Caleb McGarry, and David Onyemata are all questionable uh, Bud Dupree's practice was kind of all over the place, but McGarry and Anyamato did not participate on Wednesday, but they were limited on Thursday and Friday. So they're, I would think they're probably trending towards playing, but we'll see. You know, who knows? Good luck figuring that out. Uh, but it does look like Drew Dahman, uh, was back to full practice on Friday and does not carry designation. Um, Calais Campbell's good to go. Chris Lindstrom does not have a designation as well after returning to full practice so he'll be back that's probably the biggest one. Jake Matthews also good to go with no designation. Um the one that is new is Keith Smith who did not uh, participate on Friday with a new uh, ankle injury and he is now doubtful so it doesn't look like we're going to see Keith Smith this weekend. Uh for the Colts they have a couple players that we're monitoring um their kicker was one. It seems like he's going to be okay. Zach Moss as well. Uh, it does look like Michael Pittman is likely to be back after that big hit. Same thing with Jonathan Taylor. And we'll be watching Braden Smith's status as well as those come in. Um, so a couple of potential losses there for the Colts, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but in terms of the matchups in this one, I, I feel like I, I've, I've been saying this is, I feel like the Colts kind of were what Falcons fans were hoping the Falcons would be this year kind of a, an offense that took the next step to get into the top 10 uh, with a dominant running game and a passing game that just that has some, some top-tier weapons and a quarterback that can just distribute the ball, not make too many mistakes, and get it done. And the defense was going to have to come along. It would, wouldn't be a strength, but maybe it wouldn't be a weakness. And that's basically what the Colts are. The Colts, despite losing their starting quarterback, Anthony Richardson, who was really lighting it up early in the season, they go to Gardner Minshew. He, Anthony Richardson gets hurt, misses the rest of the season after just a four-game sample size. He looks promising, but not going to be in there. They go to Gardner Minshew. They go to the run game. The run game is dominating. Gardner Minshew's doing just enough. It's not perfect. They they do turn the ball over a fair amount. It's kind of been their their one weakness this year. And the defense is not particularly good. They're in the, you know, they're below average. They're in the mid-20s. But what they do is they sack the quarterback and they create turnovers, they're some one of the best defenses in the league at that. Even though in terms of yards and scoring, they're not that great, but they do kind of make up for it by being opportunistic. Um, and that's I think what people were hoping the Falcons would be this year. Instead, the Falcons actually have a really consistently good down to down defense. They haven't created a lot of turnovers, but again, like turnovers are super random. It's not really like a it's not really a good measure of a defense. It's kind of like how lucky are you? Uh, or maybe how mistake-prone have the offenses you've played against been. And there's obviously something to that. Some corners and some DBs are like ball hawk-type guys or whatever. Um, obviously, when you're creating a lot of pressure and sacks, that does help in that regard. But overall numbers of turnovers forced per year are extremely volatile um, and and very inconsistent. So kudos to the Colts for getting it done this year. Um, the Falcons' defense Statistically has been a lot better, particularly on third down and in the red zone, but they haven't created as many turnovers. And of course they have Atlanta's offense to deal with, which doesn't do them any favors whatsoever. Um, so let's start off by getting into the Falcons offense versus the Colts defense. So the hope is of course that Atlanta will be able to get most of their offensive linebacker. I think Caleb McGarry's the only one we're watching now, which is a big help because they while I think the backups did a decent job in pass pro, um I think Kyle Hinton did a did a very good job at, at right guard in pass pro. I think Ryan Newsel was also solid in pass pro and then Storm Norton has been very solid in pass pro as well. They weren't creating any push in the run game. They got dominated up front by the Panthers. And the left side of the Falcons offensive line has been extremely inconsistent at generating any sort of run blocking as well, which is unfortunate that all of them decided to have a bad game all at once. That's part of the reason, along with the scheme just being incredibly predictable um, and the very kind of strange distribution of carries that the Falcons really struggled against the Panthers. So this week with Dalman back, with Lindstrom back, hopefully with McGarry back, I think they'll be able to run the ball better. I don't, I still don't know what to tell you about this. Scheme, how they're going to distribute the carries, what they're going to do with that. And you'll notice I'm not doing prize picks on Bijan Bijan Robinson anymore because I don't know what the hell Arthur Smith is thinking with Bijan's usage, and I'm not going to play that game anymore. <laughs> so, um, what we do know is that the Falcons' offensive line is a strength, but the Colts defensive line is also their strength. Uh, DeForest Buckner, obviously awesome. They have two really good edge rushers in Samson Ebukam and Quiddy Pay. Uh You know, they they don't have the strongest guy next to Buckner necessarily on the interior, but they do have solid linebacker play and they do have solid safety play for the most part. So they're very solid in the middle of their defense. Um, The corners can be very up and down. I I will say that I've been impressed with the play of Kenny Moore in particular. I think he's been a real standout for them this year. Um, But, you know, the other guys... The other guys aren't necessarily huge needle movers. They've been solid, but sort of unspectacular at this stage. Um, and, you know, I, I really liked uh, Juju Brents coming out. He's had a, a, an encouraging season. I think Jalen Jones has been solid. They're not bad players, but they're not really needle movers at this stage either. So they they can be vulnerable there. I think the Fal- the best thing for the Falcons to do in this one is try to grind out an ugly game. Um the Falcons have to be able to run the ball. The Colts are solid at stopping the run. I think they're slightly above average in that regard. But this is the thing with the Falcons. When they go up against a team that's traditionally a very good run blocking or a run stopping team, they typically run the ball better. I don't know how to explain it. You tell me. But <laughs> they they typically play to their opponent. So if they play a bad run defense, they can't run the ball to save their life. If they play a good run defense, they typically find success on the ground. So I that's what I would think. They're probably going to inexplicably have a good game running the ball against the Colts. You know, in the passing game, the Colts have been solid there as well, although overall yardage-wise and scoring-wise, they do allow plays. Um, the The problem is that the Colts are very opportunistic. They do take the ball away at a very high rate. Uh, so I would be pretty nervous about putting the ball in the air if I was the Falcons just because, I mean, I don't—Taylor Heineke, man. I mean, the one thing that Taylor Heineke doesn't offer you, as opposed to Desmond Ritter— is less turnovers. (laughs) In fact, I think if you look at Taylor Heineke over the same number of snaps that Desmond Ritter's taken in his career over his, Taylor Heineke's last same number of snaps, Heineke has 10 more turnover-worthy plays in the same number of snaps. So um, Heineke's not going to protect the football. That's not his game. He may be able to make some spectacular plays though. Um, So we'll see if that ends up panning out, but I just think it's a very dangerous combination this week uh, for the Falcons going up against this very opportunistic Colts defense with a even more turnover prone quarterback. We'll see what happens. Um, but I, I don't like the the passing game matchup, but that's what I think the Colts are gonna at least get a turnover or two uh off of Taylor Heineke. And that, as we know, this offense can't survive any mistakes. So we'll see. But so the best the best option is probably to ground and pound. Uh <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I don't know how that's gonna turn out, but again, that's probably the Falcon's best course of action in this one is to just try to grind out an ugly win and keep the score as low as possible um when the Colts offense is on the field this is where they've really been better than expected they've run the ball extremely well doesn't seem to matter who's been in there Zach Moss did a great job uh Jonathan Taylor has started to come back and now that he's healthy he's starting to play well really whoever is back there has been has been crushing it um and a lot of that has to go with go along with the fact that the the Colts offensive line rebounded in a big way this year. It was really sad seeing that unit really struggle with Matt Ryan. Um, it was just bad luck. I think it's got, they've, they've gone back to what we sort of expected them to be this year. I think Bernard Raymond is having a much better second season. Quentin Nelson's back to being good. Ryan Kelly's back to being good. Um, you know, the right side is a little bit more sketchy. I know break Blake Freeland has been filling in for Braden Smith. So if Braden Smith can come back. Obviously that helps a lot. Um, but you know, we'll have to see if he's healthy or not this week, but the Falcons are going to have trouble pressuring the quarterback The the one area where the Colts have been really good is they've keep, kept the quarterback clean. Um, and the Falcons don't really have edge, edge pass rush, especially if Bud Dupree is not playing. Um, so, you know, ho- hopefully if Anyamada's is back and they've got Clayus Campbell playing inside, they can make it work there. I hope that is the case. Um, it seems like they're on track to do that, but we'll see how that goes. Um, but really, you know, the, with Nate Lamb and back with Cade Nellis playing well, you know, the Falcons seem, seemingly have benched Richie Grant for DeMarco Helms. They're probably going to play a lot more single high and let let try to let Helms play in the box more. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but stopping the run is definitely one of the keys to this Colts offense because they would like to run the ball as much as possible. They're similar to the Falcons in that regard. Because when they put the ball in the air, it can be spectacular or it can be turnovers and they probably think correctly, that the Falcons are very beatable. You kind of just have to play conservatively and let the Falcons beat themselves, and that would be my game plan. We'll see if the Colts decide to take advantage of that or not. But, um, you know, the the Colts do run the ball really well, so it's going to be a tough task, but I think the Falcons can handle them there, where I think it's a little bit sketchier is in the passing game. Um, And that really just comes down to who the Falcons are playing. Um, I think if, you know, AJ Terrell is going to go up against Michael Pittman probably every snap, and that's going to be a great battle to watch, you know, who are they playing in the slot? D. Alford was inexplicably benched for for Mike Hughes last week, and Hughes didn't have a terrible game or anything. But there's not a single thing that Mike Hughes does better than D. Alfred. So I don't really know what the what the deal is with Alfred being a healthy scratch. Or he wasn't inactive. He returned punts. He just didn't play in the slot. So Mike D. Alfred should be the slot cornerback. He's more than earned it. He's been great all year. He's like one of the top 25 corners on PFF. And multiple statistics, I believe. Um, I don't really know what the issue is there. It's that's the, I've been very complimentary of this defensive coaching staff, and I'm not going to take it all back because of one weird personnel thing. But in my mind, there's absolutely no reason that Mike, you should be seeing snaps over D Alford, uh, period. And then it seems like it's an open question. Who's going to start opposite Terrell Jeff Akuta lately has just been getting cooked every single week. I mean, he, maybe he's not fully healthy coming off that injury. He's still a good run defender. So maybe that's important this week, but He's been a problem And then Clark Phillips, had those two really good games, had a really bad one against the Panthers, and Adam Thieleman ate him alive. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I, he's a rookie. I'm not upset. I mean, he's ha- he's shown some great flashes. He's had some good games. He's going to have some bad games. That's just kind of the nature of it. So if it was me at this point, I, I would probably just see what we've got in Clark Phillips because Okuda is probably walking in free agency. So we need to know if Clark Phillips can be the outside starter opposite Terrell or if we have to go find another one or if we have to re-sign Okuda. Um, But, you know, Alec Pierce is going to be going up against whoever that guy is. You know, Pierce hasn't been super productive, but he is very dangerous. He's their deep threat, and we know he can. he's big and, and he's tough to cover. So we'll see what happens there. You know, Josh Downs, I think if Alfred's in there, I'm pretty confident in Alfred's ability to match up with Josh Downs, but if it's Mike Hughes, he could get eaten alive. Um, so I just don't know. What's going to happen there? Um, but Jesse Bates is going to do his thing. I, I do feel better about Demarco Helms in there at one spot. At least he's a plus against the run, and you know he, he's reliable in his coverage responsibility. He's ser- he's certainly not super dynamic, but I think the Falcons understand when Helms is in there, they can't expect li- they can't expect him to play great man coverage and carry tight ends all over the field. So they can kind of adjust their scheme a little bit to that. But um, you know, I do think that in the passing game. That's probably where the Colts are going to have to find success to really, if they score, if the Colts end up scoring a lot of points in this game, it's probably going to be through the air because no matter how good your run game is, the Falcons just stopped the run really well on a down to down basis. You know, you look at the Panthers game, people will be like, oh, they gave up 127 yards, but on a, on a yards per carry basis, the Falcons kept the Panthers in check. They had a couple big runs that made that number look good, but they ran the ball a ton. Falcons, I think, held them under three yards a carry or something like that, or close to 3.5 yards a carry. So you know, this is going to be a tougher task. Obviously, this is a better offensive line with better running backs. Um, so it's not going to be easy. But I do th- I do have confidence in the Falcons' ability to stop the run in this one. Um, so we'll just see. We'll see how it goes. But this is a tough game. Um, I think this is honestly the, the toughest game left on the schedule, not counting in New Orleans. I mean, it's probably similar to that. The Colts are a playoff team right now. I can't understand why the Falcons are such big favorites. I mean, two and a half points against the Colts who are just clearly ascending and playing better football. Uh, It's bizarre to me, Um, but it is at home. You know, quarterback change, I guess, inserts some sort of randomness into the equation. But to me, this is a classic game where the Falcons again get close and and make it look like they could win, and it's like a 25-23 loss or something at the end of the game. Um, so that's what I'm going to go with, 25-23 with the Colts taking this one. But, you know, again, just like every other Falcons game, it could go the other way. You know, it, it could happen, but this is, I think, a really important game for Arthur Smith because this is your last home game. You lose this. You probably have to win the last two to keep your job. And going to Chicago who is the number one run defense in the NFL right now, that game is not going to be easy because they're that defense against the run is dominant. Um, I think the Falcons are going to have a hell of a time scoring on that Chicago defense. Now the, the Chicago offense, they might give the Falcons the ball a few times so that could help, but um, that's going to be a really tough matchup. It's just a really uniquely bad matchup for the Falcons. And it's on the road where this team has not played well at all. Um, and then in new Orleans, look, the saints are very mediocre team in new Orleans. They play a lot better. They, they, it's always been this way, right? Uh, in new Orleans, the saints look like the best version of themselves on the road. They look like the worst version of themselves. They equal out to be kind of a mediocre team. It's what they are again this year, but Man, it's going to be tough to win those last two, in my opinion. So if Arthur Smith wants to save his job, like if he needs one more win to keep his job, it's probably got to be this one. And I, I think, honestly, the Colts are probably the best of the three teams. The Falcons match up better with them than the last two weeks, I think. Um, But yeah, uh, I think if Arthur, if they lose this game, I, I think that's probably, probably the death knell for Arthur Smith in, in Atlanta. And maybe it might already be over. I really think something changed with that Panthers loss the entire tenor of the team, the quarterbacks, which, like, I think it's clear now that Arthur Smith is in grave danger, um, in terms of his job security. And this is a crucial game for him to get it on track. And he has to make the switch back to Taylor Heineke look like it was the right one. And if Taylor Heineke falls on his face, he could get fired after this game. I mean, it, it was a very dangerous decision to go back to Taylor Heineke. Um, but it's probably a a, a lose lose for Arthur because if he doesn't and Desmond Ritter keeps stinking it up, then he's doomed. And if he does put in Taylor Heineke and Taylor Heineke sinks it up, then he's also doomed. So really, it's there's either way. Maybe hoping for a spark here. We'll see. But guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Dirty Birds and Bruise podcast here for our Falcons versus Colts game preview. We'll be back on Sunday after the game to break down this one. Hopefully, it's less depressing than the Panthers game. A little bit less anger infused, but. It's not it's not a, it's not a two, now two and twelve Panthers team that we'd be losing to. It's actually a playoff team, so it'd be a little bit more understandable. But this is this is the absolute crunch time for this team to to make the playoffs. They have to win out, and even then, they need help. Um, it's really unrealistic uh, to to get a winning record. They have to win out as well at this point. So if winning record is what would save Arthur Smith's job, they have to win all three. They got to start here, obviously. They want to make the playoffs. They got to win all three. Got to start here, obviously. They haven't responded well to these types of games. There's been a couple times this year where they've had their back against the wall and they got it done to keep it going. But lately, these last two games were absolutely must have, gotta have it games, and they flogged both of them. Um, so I don't have confidence in this team anymore. I-, I think we're on to 2024, but the Falcons could prolong the end. They they could put it off if they do win this week. And obviously, we all like to watch winning football. That would be great. So. Um I know people are clamoring for the draft pick and all this. It, again, guys, it's so early at this stage that like we don't know what's going to happen. Like it, it, the Falcons could lose out and still pick 10th, you know, or they well I guess it would be higher than 10th cuz they would if they lose to the Bears then they'll pick 9th. But you know what I mean? Uh, they could they could lose out and only move up one spot and they could win out and they could win another game and and still pick the same spot essentially. So, you know, it, it's at this point, I just hope that we see some life from this team, something encouraging. But more than likely, we know what we're going to see on Sunday. And that's just unfortunately the way it is right now. But guys, thanks again for tuning in. I'm Kevin. IF have alcohol. Kevin, please like, subscribe for watching us on YouTube. Leave that five star review on your podcast platform of choice. Thanks again to Prize Picks and to Bet Online for sponsoring today's episode. You can check out our channel memberships if you want to support the channel and want those extra perks for the video, the live shows, or if you're a podcast listener, you can check us out on Patreons, patreon.com slash for alcoholic live for those same perks, but for the podcast viewers, listeners, whatever. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday guys for more coverage until then. Thanks again for tuning into the dirty words and bruised podcast. We'll see you next time. Have a great day folks.